all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app. joining us today here on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And joining me today, I have Bethany Garner. She is also with UMMC in the Department of Preventive Medicine. She just joined us uh, here at UMC, so we're glad that she's able to, to come on the show with us today. She is a registered dietitian and also an exercise physiologist. And that's really, we're going to smush those two things together today. I've done lots of shows on nutrition. I've done lots of shows on physical activity. But today we're going to focus in on how those two things really partner together to help you get to the goals that you um, that you're trying to achieve, whether that be weight loss or muscle gain or anything along along the way, you know, better control of blood pressure and blood sugar and those types of things. Or you can email me fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Bethany. Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. It's a a great way to just kind of push you off the deep end with a new job with us here in preventive medicine. I said, come on, let's go to the radio. So tell us a little bit about kind of your background as a dietitian and as an exercise physiologist, because that's a cool combo. It is a really cool combo. I um, graduated from Auburn University in 2005 with a master's in exercise science did nuclear medicine for three years, moved to Mississippi after I got married, and realized that exercise and nutrition go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have to be able to talk about both and um, prescribe both to people, you have to have the degrees to do that. So I went back to school and got a master's in nutrition from Ole Miss. And that one I love. Toddy, toddy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, you mentioned that, that they have to go together. And the word that you use that I really love is to prescribe them. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that really is what we do every day in clinic is prescribing different lifestyle modalities. But when I see people who may be working out or trying to make changes to their diet and they're not getting the results that they are desiring, I want to step back and go, well, how is it prescribed? Because it might not be dosed appropriately. And people don't normally think about food and exercise as dosing, but it Mm -hmm. absolutely can be, you know, if uh, that's why I don't like things that say, like, drink more water. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Um, how much more water? Right. You know, if you're not drinking any and you drink one glass, certainly that's an improvement, but it's probably not going to be enough to prevent your urinary tract infections or whatever it is that we're trying to treat there. So really the correct dosing uh, is important. And there are a lot of different factors to kind of take into play when you're doing that. But I think we'll just start with, you know, how does eating 
affect your exercise or the opposite way around? Um, Well, one thing I like to tell people is that if you're not going to fuel for your performance, there's really no reason to show up. Um, You know, I have conversations about should I eat before I exercise? Mm -hmm. Should I not eat? Um, And that all depends on the person and depending on what kind of exercise you're going to do. If you're just going to go to the gym, do some light cardio, lift some weights, and you're really not that hungry, you don't have to eat. But if you are going to, um, of course, immediately after we want something in <laughs> your system. we got to have some food at some point yes. in time in here. Um, but if you're getting ready to do a high-performance activity, half marathon, marathon, it is very important to have fuel in your system to give your body something to go off of. You're going to have to continue to fuel during that performance, but you need something to jumpstart with. Yeah, and I want people to pay attention to the word fuel that mm-hmm. she used there because that's really what it's like. It's like putting gas in your in your car. And if you run out of gas in your car, the car stops. If you run out of gas in your body, then then you stop. Right. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. Um, and that's kind of the extreme end of that. But if you're trying to achieve certain results from exercise, if we're not kind of giving your body the right worker bees or the right gas to do it, you're not going to perform as well as, as right. you should. Um, you know, I did a talk a couple years back to uh, a group of high school football players, right? And they're mm-hmm. always wanting to know how to be better than the other team that they're playing so you spend a lot of time in the you know in the film room watching film a lot of time in the weight room all these different kinds of things and I talked to him about the fact that if you really want to to get a leg up on your competition it probably starts in the kitchen and making sure that we're fueling yourself well and then also sleeping those Mm -hmm. two things um, which often are not optimized in in our uh, teenage years and we don't feel it until we get older, but right. um, it really is the way to kind of gain that that edge. So that brings me to the question that, and you kind of already started to answer it, but we get a lot of questions about to eat or not to eat with exercise because there's a lot of um, kind of media coverage or social media influencers that talk about you know, fasting exercise and intentionally being physically active with no fuel on board, right? Right. And you kind of mentioned some of those things when it might be okay, when it might not be okay. Is there a like a cutoff? You know, if you're going to be active for more than a certain amount of time, you really need to have some some food on board. I would say if you're going to be active more than an hour, yeah. you definitely need f- fuel on board. I mean, I'm one of those people who wakes up in the morning incredibly nauseated, mm. um, and so. For me to immediately start trying to put anything in my system, I just can't do Mm -hmm. it. So I have been known to do a light workout um, and not eat, drink plenty of water. Um, And if you're wondering how much, I have a 40-ounce cup I take with me, and I try to drink on that. And that seems to help with the nausea. Sometimes in the morning, I'll grab frozen grapes because that's another thing that really helps relieve nausea for me Mm -hmm. and I have talked to a lot of people who do wake up nauseated Um, and I know that you know social media influencers and just information you're finding everywhere talks about how you get better results if you're fasting but again I always want to go back and say what exercise are you doing right because you're not out there doing high intensity exercise for long durations on a fasting body Um, and we don't want to deplete our stores ever unless you know it comes to the point you know we're doing marathons or something like Mm -hmm. i said you're fueling the whole time you're doing these Mm -hmm. things 
And I think it also matters if you have any kind of medical problems, right? right. Like if you have diabetes mm-hmm. um, and you're going to be in the gym for a little while, I don't want you not having something on board before you go because the likelihood of you uh, dropping your sugar way too low uh, and then dropping mm-hmm. uh, it substantially increases. And so that comes into play with, you know, having a, a medic alert bracelet on or on your phone that has your medical history mm-hmm. and always having a source of kind of quick carbohydrate on board as well to kind of relieve that. Um, with my folks with diabetes, I say, you know, if there's a gym manager or, you know, some, a floor manager for that, let them know that you have diabetes that way. If something starts, you start to act a little funny, they know. Um, but I usually always recommend those folks have something uh, in their bellies before they go do, especially a lot of cardio and that kind right. of stuff. Um, as well as not going if your blood sugar's super, super high. Um, a lot of people go, well, I'll just go work that out and, and make that sugar go down. And that's not really what happens physiologically sometimes. Right. We'll actually make that sugar go, go even higher. Um, so if you're thinking about starting an exercise uh, plan, which I hope you all are, if you're not currently physically active and you do have high blood pressure, diabetes, kidney disease, any kind of neurological issue, really make sure that you talk with your healthcare provider about any limitations that they might um, have for you about maybe your heart rate shouldn't get above a, a certain amount or you shouldn't lift a certain amount. And then if you have access to an exercise physiologist or um a trainer to to at least get you started on how you set the machines to the right thing and how you ramp uh, ramp those things up and do it in a safe safe way. That's absolutely the way we want you to go. All right, before we take our first break, um, I'm going to ask you this question. I know the answer to it, uh, but I want everybody else to hear it as well. Can you use exercise to cancel out a not so great diet? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that was the short answer. Um, you know, and so we say it all the time. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. Why is that? Um, <clears throat> well, your body is designed to work off what we like to talk about in the clinic is whole, real food. Mm-hmm. Um, your body prefers it in the most natural state, but it also has to taste good, mm-hmm. and we have to enjoy what we're eating. So sometimes we cook it or saute it or steam it or whatever we do to make it taste good. Um, But we weren't designed to run off processed food all the time. Mm -hmm. And we don't truly know the effects of all the chemicals that are in these foods and what it's doing to our bodies. And so I have clients ask me all the time, well, I eat all these protein bars and and I'm like, well, that's great. I'm glad you're fueling. But at the same time, are you eating real food? Right. Because you're not getting any results. And so if we're doing everything on the exercise side, now we really need to go back and look at this nutrition yeah. and see what we can add in. Well, and when you think about processed foods are usually very calorically dense. Right. I mean, for a small amount of them, there's a whole lot of calories in them. Mm-hmm. And exercises in general don't burn a ton of calories. Right. Um, I mean, when you think about kind of traditional, like getting on the treadmill or a bike or those kinds of things. So to try and cancel out a 500 calorie something that you ate that you didn't want to eat, but you ate it or you did want to eat it, but now you feel guilty about eating it. Um, that's a whole lot of exercise to cancel that out. And it just sets up a, a negative way of thinking about right. exercise and about food, mm-hmm. right? You know, food is to be enjoyed. Um, and the more we choose those whole foods, the more we get to eat 
larger volumes of foods fill our bellies up. Um, and then exercise is there for a whole host uh, of other reasons to help you there, not just weight loss. All right, I did have a question about pre-workout. So if we're not eating before we're working out, um, do we need a pre-workout? And that's usually a like a, a packaged product that, that people do. They mm-hmm. dump, dump it over in their water, shake it up, that kind of stuff. What What is a pre-workout, first of all? It depends. I mean, some of, a lot of them have caffeine in them to get you fueling. Some they have sugar, obviously. Um, <clears throat> and when I say sugars, I'm just talking about 12 grams of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just to get you, give you some energy, get you revved up, ready for your workout, kind of help you push through. Um, but not everybody needs one. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely dependent on the day before um, and how you feel that morning when you get up. Like I said, when I wake up, I'm nauseated. Mm-hmm. So anything other than plain water and some frozen grapes really aren't going to be able I'm to definitely go. definitely going to steal the frozen grape <clears throat> trick. Should. That sounds wonderful. Just refreshing. <laughs> um, so I think it's totally dependent on mm-hmm. the person. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, people ask about a lot of different kinds of supplements, you know, like um, BCAAs before uh, a workout or after a workout and different things. And I think, again, it has to go with what are our goals that we're mm-hmm. trying to achieve and what type of exercise are we going to be doing? Just, you know, pouring those supplements in and then doing 10 or 15 minutes on the treadmill, probably not going to equal. We right. probably, probably didn't need that supplement right. for what we were doing there. Um, so not everybody needs a pre-workout, but everybody needs a post-workout. All right. And tell us what that is. My favorite post-workout is chocolate milk, yep. 2%. Um, it's the perfect balance of carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're looking for is a mm-hmm. nice balanced something. So if you're allergic to dairy, you can't do it. You know, I don't do a whole lot of dairy. Um, you know, think about where you can get those specific things from. And right. so it may not be kind of a one and grab package like the chocolate milk would be. You may mm-hmm. have to combine a couple of different things. I usually combine some fruit and some peanut butter or something like that um, to get get mine in. And again, it depends on what my goals are and what I'm trying right. to achieve. But I always make sure I have some carb, some protein, protein. and a little bit of healthy fat um, after after a workout there. All right, which brings me to everybody's favorite macronutrient. At least they act like it is. Protein, right? (laughs) So we tend to have a love affair with protein uh, these days. Let's just kind of start with that particular macronutrient. And when I say the word macronutrient, I'm talking about those three big things, the carbohydrates, the proteins, the fats. Why is protein, why do we need it at all? Well, it helps maintain and build our muscles. It is a satiety type macronutrient, so it keeps you full. Um, and people think the more you eat, the bigger and better your muscles are going to be built. And it the people use it as a weight loss tool mm-hmm. as well. The more protein, the less fat and carbohydrates they have to eat. Yeah. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with protein. And no. we want to make sure that mm-hmm. we have it because like just like you mentioned, for muscles, but also just for all all the tissues of your body all the tissues of your body you need adequate protein intake for and you'll notice i said the word adequate protein intake Mm -hmm. not excessive protein (laughs) intake Uh, and just like you mentioned just because you eat a lot of protein doesn't mean you're going to get big muscles right right now you do need again adequate protein to grow those muscles Mm -hmm. but 
just having above what you need or above what you're going to use uh, does not equate to bigger muscles. And right. people look at me like I have lost my mind when I tell them that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not meaning to spoil your party, but I just want you mm-hmm. to be, uh, one, safe in what you're consuming, right? And so can we get too much protein? You can get too much any macronutrient, <laughs> but yes, you can get too much protein. Yeah. And what happens if we get too much? <clears throat> um it can cause hypertension, it can cause kidney disease. Um, and with this huge trend in consuming large, large sums of protein, I'm really waiting for this massive wave of chronic kidney disease yeah. to hit because you're loading the system. Our bodies can only hold so much of each micronutrient. And then it's just dumping into the kidneys mm-hmm. and it's trying to get rid of it but and it's not supposed to go through the kidneys right you know, you're not supposed to, to to push it through into your urine mm-hmm. so you know i'm concerned about it as well so what is an adequate protein intake um it all is dependent on age gender <clears throat> and then what kind of exercise you're doing mm-hmm. if you're somebody who goes to the gym lifts three days a week 20 to i usually say about 40 point mm-hmm. eight to 1.0 grams per kilogram of body weight. Um, And you just take your body weight in pounds and divide that by 2.2 and then multiply by 0.8 or 1. And that would give you an idea of where you should be. Like a range to Mm -hmm. shoot for. And when I was younger, I would never have thought 40 is where women and men should really start looking at the protein consumption. But as we age, we tend to need a little bit more Mm -hmm. protein to maintain our muscle mass. Yeah. And so you may bump up from there. Um, There are other things that may cause you to need a a bump. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a wound, right? like, you know, if you're have been immobile or maybe you're even in, you have a family member in a nursing home, something like that, and they have a pressure ulcer Mm -hmm. or anything like that. We got to have some extra protein on board to help with that as long with um, some other vitamins and minerals right. so it's not just protein um, but the nutrient intake is really important in that situation as well as if we're trying to uh, train for a specific thing mm-hmm. um, to grow a certain amount of muscle we may need higher protein needs right. there but you really should again discuss that with your healthcare provider to make sure that there's not a kind of direct contraindication to pushing that protein content higher like if you already have kidney disease. We right. got to be really careful with that. Um, that's why, you know, I do a lot of the nutrition counseling uh, in clinic, but if somebody has chronic kidney disease, that is a fast pass directly to either you <laughs> or the other dietitian that we have because there's a really a lot of things that have to be uh, balanced uh, right. in terms uh, of kidney health. And sometimes we even back it down a little bit lower than the 0.8 that mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, depending on what your kidney function is. So right. all those things are really important. So we know that necessarily more isn't always better with protein, that you can get too much. We talked about how much you kind of need. Um, what are some kind of good go-to protein sources? Um, chicken turkey beef um on my way here i ate a chomp stick just to have something (laughs) in my system um then you have legumes beans i know a lot of people are afraid of beans for some reason don't be afraid of the bean don't be afraid of the bean (laughs) but they're a really good source of Mm -hmm. protein yeah and you know i think when we're talking about proteins we want to think about the nutrient package Mm -hmm. like what comes 
with it, right? Because right. a lot of times when we're reaching for protein sources, um, we may be reaching for a protein powder right. or a protein bar, like you mentioned, those kinds of things. And as an occasional something, I don't really have a problem with that, you know. But if that's where the bulk of our protein sources are coming from, I just worry about what we may be missing right. out because there's going to be a whole lot of other good stuff that come with your kind of whole food naturally occurring mm-hmm. um, protein sources whether that be iron you know coming from your beef your chicken even some of your your beans as well whether that be fiber coming from your plant-based proteins just a whole host of kind of micronutrients that are going to be there that are important for health right because I don't want people to get hung up on the number on the scale or how much they lift or how fast they run. It's really about is our body performing the way that it should? Is it is it optimized? Is mm-hmm. you know our health optimized? Because you can look great on the outside, but if your arteries are all clogged up or you know other you have other deficiencies going on, that can be a problem. So as much as we can, mm-hmm. a real a real food, right? right. A real food. And whether that be an animal-based product, um, like you mentioned, also Greek yogurt um, yes. is a really good one. If you're um, still, you know, if you're doing dairy, Greek yogurt can be great because it's twice the protein, half the sugar of regular yogurt. Um, there are some great plant-based yogurts now as well. They usually have less protein content in them. So you kind of got to take a look there, maybe combine a couple of foods to get mm-hmm. your protein content up a little bit. Um, and then the beans, like you mentioned, my personal favorite is the lentil. Mm-hmm. They just make a delicious addition to um, tacos and spaghetti and all kinds of stuff there. Even if you're not a completely plant-based eater, just throwing some of those in with your, you know, your ground beef or your ground turkey is a great way to again add a little bit of fiber there, get a little different set of micronutrients in there. So real food is mm-hmm. is the number one rule, right? Real food should real, be what we're reaching. And be careful with, um, in particular, the protein <clears throat> bars. Um, I always flip it over and go, what is all of that? Right? I mean, they can be a big calorie bomb in those. Mm-hmm. And what is it coming from, right? Where it's not just protein, mm-hmm. right? Because we know how many uh, calories are in a gram of protein, right? That's four. Four, right? So if something's... 300 calories i'm going how much protein is in this thing right but where are those other calories coming from because that matters is it sugar that we've added in you know what what's going on is it just fat that's been added in but but nothing else good so be careful with your Mm -hmm. with your little little bars because they're often super small too very small just makes me hangry when i eat something that little because it does not fill my belly up all the way all right so we talked about how much protein we need do we ever need to eat just protein, or should we balance our plate? Our plate should be balanced. Um, and people get very nervous about this, but most of your <laughs> plate should be car- uh, fruits and vegetables. Uh-huh. And then there's a fourth of a plate for your grains, and then there's a fourth of a plate for protein. Yeah. So if you really look at the plate, three-fourths of your plate is a carbohydrate, yeah. and then you have your protein fat. And when people side. hear that, they're like, you just told me not to have too many carbohydrates. And that's a really important thing, that not all carbs are created equal, right? right? Mm-hmm. When we hear the word carbohydrate, we tend to lump everything together, mm-hmm. fruit and fruit loops together. We're just like, they're both bad. Let's not do it, right? Yep. But that is not the case, nope. right? Why is that? Um, different new. Um, nutrient density mm-hmm. in the foods. So if it's 
from the ground or from a tree and it's a whole fruit or vegetable it has more fiber in it more um, minerals antioxidants micronutrients and then the carbohydrate this a real source of sugar Mm -hmm. it's not added sugar sugar alcohols it is exactly what that that product provides and when you're using fruit loops I don't really know what's in Fruit Loops. Sugar. Sugar. A lot of sugar. Added sugar. And again, like I don't want to demonize Fruit Loops, right? right? Like if you enjoy Fruit Loops, have some every now and then, right? But I also don't want people to lump all carbohydrates together and then just get rid of them all entirely because you are missing out on a ton of other nutrients that you need, in particular the fiber. If there is one kind of thing that I wish people would eat more of. It is some fiber because it's great for cholesterol lowering and then colon cancer, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, as we're starting to see both of these things increase and then we look at what we're eating as a society, we are not eating the one thing that has been shown to help improve both of those things. Right. So looking at ways to get fiber and fiber is only in a plant food is going to be really important. So uh, people's eyeballs get real big when I when I show them the plate too and they're like, "I can have that?" Yes. Yes, you can have that, right? And when we're talking about limiting carbs, we're really talking about limiting those highly processed carbohydrates that are nutrient poor calorie Mm -hmm. dense where all they're going to have in them is usually sugar and very refined starch that's just going to not hang around for a very long time in your belly Mm -hmm. and you get then you get hangry again in just a little bit of time right so half that plate as fruits and veggies a quarter as grain starchy type food and then a quarter of it as a protein and that is really how you balance it out and that's really all the rules around kind of eating a balanced diet. Right. You know, a lot of people ask me, can I have that? Can I have that? Can I have that? And I've started just answering it with instead of what? Right. Can I have an apple instead of what? A Pop-Tart? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's all about just that better choice there. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, joined today by Bethany Garner, and we're talking all about the balance between physical activity and nutrition and how they can help support each other, depending on the goals that you have. We were talking over the break, uh, and we talked about some different supplements that are out there. And the one that we didn't talk about, but is incredibly common, is collagen, right? Mm -hmm. And it comes in a powder, and you can just put it in all the things. What is, before we talk about do we need that supplement, what is collagen? It's just a protein source that helps, um, it can help build muscles. A lot of people use it as a beauty remedy, thinking that it will decrease your fine lines, um, help your hair grow. Um, And you can get it from beef or you can get it from a marine source. Mm -hmm. Um, And then most people like to add it to their coffee. Mm -hmm. So do we need to do that? If you're not getting any protein, I would rather you do it. Um, I am going to be honest. I do it every morning in my coffee. I like the way it makes my coffee taste. <laughs> I use marine collagen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't have it, it's okay. Yeah. I get protein throughout the day from other sources. Right. And, you know, if we're in one of those situations where we may need to bump um, protein content up, maybe we're trying to heal that wound or something mm-hmm. like that, and we're not able to increase our 
intake of protein-rich foods for a variety of reasons, um, then that could be an option there to kind of add that on board as well as adding some different, you know, uh, vitamins and minerals on there. You mentioned as a beauty aid to help with fine lines and those kinds of things. And what I would say is, are we also doing all the other things that we need to do to help our skin and the aging process, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't really consume enough collagen if we're damaging our skin from other ways, right? right? If we're smoking, mm-hmm. um, that is going to just counterbalance it. You know, it's, it's not going to help that way. Or if we're getting a lot of sun exposure and not wearing um, sun protection, mm-hmm. then that is also going to significantly contribute to those fine lines and wrinkles that we're doing there. So before we go adding a supplement in, let's make sure we're not, you know, crossing it out by our other habits that may be contributing to the, to the, the uh, fine lines or the sagging of the skin, those different kinds of things there. All right. So I know the answer to this one as well, but because there's not a there's not a cookie cutter response for any of these things with exercise or with nutrition. That's why it's if we're not hitting the goals that we're trying to get, um, just following a plan that worked for this person on YouTube is probably not going to get you what you need either because it's going to be much more nuanced. But how are exercise and nutritional strategies different based on what we're trying to achieve right so a lot of folks come to us wanting weight loss Mm -hmm. right so what are kind of the strategies in terms of physical activity and nutrition that are kind of fundamental for weight loss um so when people ask me these questions i'll usually always say there is no one size fits all and it's all dependent on our bodies and every single person's body runs different so what's going to work for me is not going to work for you Um, And then we have to establish goals. And most of the time, people don't achieve achieve their goals because they're not attainable. Mm -hmm. I want to lose 50 pounds in three months. I'm like, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, And so or if it does, it's not going to stay. Right. It wasn't the way it was supposed to be done. Right. Um, So we have to establish our goals, find out what we want to do. And then from there, we set small attainable goals that we want to achieve you know each week or each Mm -hmm. month but they have to be very very small Mm -hmm. can't just say in a year i'm going to be 100 pounds lighter or in a year i'm going to weigh 30 pounds more because um that's not a that's not a short-term goal it's not attainable and so we have to make small strides to get to the big victory yeah absolutely and if we want to think far out and we think you know by next year this is what i would like for mm-hmm. my health, whether that be weight loss or better blood sugar, blood pressure, those kinds of things, then we don't, that's not the only goal we set, right? right? First of all, we make sure that one's realistic, mm-hmm. right? Um, and attainable and achievable, all of those things. Uh, but then I want you to walk it back. So if that's what we want in 12 months, what do we need this month, right? right? Like what needs to happen? So if we want to lose 20 pounds by next year, then what has to happen this month mm-hmm. for that to happen? Because if we don't set that this month goal, it's going to be 11 months later and we're going to go, oh, what do I do now? What do I do now? Can I do? Can I lose 20 pounds in the next mm-hmm. month? <laughs> Probably can by some ways, but again, not healthy, not sustainable, not what we actually want to be doing, right? So, and that that is what's going to look different mm-hmm. for every person, right? That may be, I got to ditch the soda, Mm-hmm. Right. That may be I got to have a fruit and a vegetable at every meal and not 
you know, five servings of French fries per mm-hmm. week, whatever that is. That's where the nuance of it comes in. And that's where working with your healthcare provider can be a really important step so that we can point out those things and nudge you in those certain certain ways to do that. You know, we hear a lot about calories in, calories out, Mm -hmm. right? And that used to be kind of the the only thing we talked about in terms of weight loss, but it's a whole lot more than just calories in, calories out, right? Mm -hmm. I always tell people if, you know, if diet, if diets worked, we'd all be We wouldn't have a job. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have a job. There would be no sense for me to be here. Um, But your calorie, you have to look at your basal metabolic rate, Mm -hmm. what you need just to survive. And then are you an active person throughout the day or are you sedentary? Mm -hmm. I know with COVID, people have gotten more sedentary because we're not getting out as much. Um, We just fell out of the habit of it. Even those of us who were fairly active before, Mm -hmm. we just... And for us, we're like, ooh, telehealth. We can do that now? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, So you want to look at your daily activities. For just doing activities of daily lifting, you got to add in some calories for that. And I usually say about, you know, anywhere from depending on your body size, depending on the person, depending on what they're doing, three to six hundred calories. And then on top of that, if they're doing purposeful movement, which is, you know, I like to say purposeful movement because I want you to enjoy your exercise that you're doing, not because somebody made you do it. Or not because we're canceling out something we ate before. We're not punishing ourselves for that. I, or that milkshake we had, yeah. um, then you have to add calories on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get your total daily calories. So if you have a, I say, 120 pound person, they will need 1200 calories just to survive. Mm-hmm. You add 600 calories to that. And then another 400 for purposeful movement, that's 2200 calories mm-hmm. per day they need just to maintain what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they want to lose weight, then a safe bet is, you know, 10%. So you can take your 220 and multiply it by 10%. And that will be how many calories you need to subtract from that to lose weight. And then you've got to balance those calories throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Don't sit down and have... Don't eat all right. 1,600 of them at one time. Mm-hmm. It's not good for your body. It needs fuel all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before I started doing uh, lifestyle medicine full-time... I don't think I appreciated the lack of food that people were eating. Right. Right. When trying to lose weight. But Mm -hmm. probably 90% of the time I tell people, you're not eating enough food. Exactly. Right. And if you think people's eyeballs get big when I tell them the thing Mm -hmm. have fruits and vegetables, when I tell them that, they're like, I think she might not know what she's talking about right right? they really (laughs) they really do look at you that way (laughs) because that is just so not the way that we have been kind of taught about our bodies and about Mm -hmm. how food works but it's all about what's sustainable right Mm -hmm. and so when we go on a super low calorie diet some weight loss initially is gonna happen but then your body's like hey i don't want to die so i'm gonna slow everything down um so and you start using that fuel um, more efficiently that's also what happens with weight loss plateaus even when you're doing it correctly your body just gets a little bit more efficient at those kinds of things but you can get to a point where 
you're not going to see any additional weight loss right. from those things. And then what actually happens is you're so hungry mm-hmm. on those calorie restricted diets that even though you think you're eating a 1200 calorie diet, you're actually eating a, a whole lot more than you need. You kind of right. swing the other way um, because you're miserable. Mm-hmm. And so I would much rather see someone get consistently at kind of that um I think the example you gave that would probably be around an 1800 or so calorie for that woman wanting to lose weight, um, a consistent 1800 to 2000 calorie diet, uh, and be full and satisfied and fueling that body, um, to, to meet nutrient uh, needs and, and exercise goals as well than to be mad and hungry all all day, all day, every day. And if you're working out, you have to fuel your muscles they are tired they need sources to rebuild and recover and people who skip days i usually will say on the days you're not working out you're going to find out you're hungrier Mm -hmm. and that's because your muscles are healing Mm -hmm. and they need the fuel to build back up Mm -hmm. and become better versions of what they were the day before right i mean that's the whole purpose of resistance training Mm -hmm. is to tear them down a little bit and then build them back up stronger and nutrition uh, has to be at the table for that not right. just not just the exercise piece or doing <laughs> doing lifting heavy those different types of things all right in terms of growing muscle or getting stronger there are kind of two camps of people there are the lower weight lots of reps mm-hmm. and there's the lower reps or the number of times you do something higher weight is there one that's better than the other no, it just depends on what you're going for. Um, as I'm aging, and that's the secret of what I am, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm starting to do heavier weight, mm-hmm. lower resistance. But when I was in my 20s, I did a lot of high reps, low weight. And then, you know, one day a week I would do heavy weights mm-hmm. just for personal gains. But that's all specific of what somebody wants to mm-hmm. do. And, you know, again, just like you said, it depends on what your your goals are. If you're just trying to maintain your muscle mass, maintain um, your bone health Mm -hmm. as well, then, you know, whatever you enjoy is going to be fine there. If we're specifically trying to get um, bigger arms or, you know, whatever area we're trying to grow those muscles in, then it may be a heavier weight um, situation, lower rep. Um, But the nutrition has to be there as well. You got to give your body the (laughs) the things it needs to be able to do that. Um, So that's an important thing to consider is just, again, what is that ultimate goal that we're trying to achieve there? Um, For most of my patients, it's going to be lower, um, lower weight, more reps, uh, usually about eight to 10 Mm -hmm. uh, reps, whatever weight you can comfortably do for that many reps is what we're going to build you at least for an initial um, exercise plan when we're doing that. All right. In the last couple of minutes, let's do some myths. So (laughs) here is myth number one. You need to do a lot of cardio to lose weight. False. (laughs) It is most definitely (laughs) false. Um, Why? Like, why do we think that? I think that's what society has told us. The Mm -hmm. more cardio we do, the more calories we burn um, and the more calories we burn the more we'll lose weight. Yeah. But what do we actually need to burn calories? We need muscle, right? right? I mean, we need Mm -hmm. lean muscle tissue. Mm -hmm. So you can certainly improve your heart health by doing cardio. It keeps those blood vessels nice and compliant, nice and able to dilate and constrict and all those things that we want them to do. Um, It's also good for your bones, right? When we're doing, if we're doing weight bearing cardio, like if we're walking, treadmill, elliptical, any of those different kinds of things. Um, But if we're trying to intentionally 
bump up our lean muscle tissue so that we burn more calories, then resistance exercise is a really important part. And Mm -hmm. that's why um, it is part of the guidelines, not just that 150 minutes of cardio, but two to three days a week of resistance Resistance. training. And it doesn't have to be in a gym. It can be at home. It doesn't have to be with weights at all. It can be with your own body weight. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to incorporate that in as well. Um, I see that a lot in folks that maybe aren't kind of losing the weight that they want to. I'm like, but I've started walking. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you because there are Mm -hmm. all these other health benefits we're getting from that. But we're probably going to need to add in some resistance exercises now to try and help bump up that metabolic rate a little bit, as well as giving your body adequate calories Mm -hmm. and water. We got to be hydrated. <laughs> yes. We got to be hydrated as well. That's a, a surefire way to slow everything down is if we're kind of chronically dehydrated. Yes. All right. So kind of the flip of that, here's another one. Lifting weights will make you bulky. No. No. Right. That's false. Yeah. Um, women don't have the necessary hormones, hormones to get bulky. Right. You would need bigger uh, bigger amounts of testosterone right. on board to be able to, to kind of get mm-hmm. that bigger bolt or some very intense training mm-hmm. um, and uh, some different nutritional strategies yes, to be you, able have to, to supplement some things yes, to get the bulkiness to get the bulkiness there. But that is a fear of a lot of women mm-hmm. when you start talking about the word resistance. They're like, but I don't want to be bulky. And right. I'm like, I'm not trying to make you bulky. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to increase the muscle that's in there um, so that you burn calories more effectively. So that's a good one to, to kind of keep in mind. And then uh, our last myth, um, bread and potatoes are off limits if trying to lose weight. I hope not. I'd be sad. No. I would too. <laughs> they are totally on the table. Right. And wh- But how much? That's really the the. The, the little one-fourth of the grain one-fourth on of the, the plate. plate that I was talking about. That's where your potatoes, your corn, your bread, that's where it goes. Yeah. But it is absolutely – I don't know why people pick on white potatoes. I They're know. so good. I know. I know. But we hear it all the time. Just like with the fruit, they'll be like, I can have a potato. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can. And when we say that, I'm not saying that to like be – mean to them mm-hmm. i'm i'm sad that someone has led you astray that you can't have right. that or that really any food is Just off, off limits um, any food out there can fit into a balanced dietary pattern but just like we talked about fruit and fruit loops right it's not the potato it's what we do to the, to the potato, potato right mm-hmm. if we fry it and to french fries right then now it's not really that starchy potato that we were talking about it's soaked up a whole lot of fat and we usually put a bunch of salt on it on top Mm -hmm. of that and those kinds of things same deal with potato chips um but that regular potato i mean it's only about 80 calories for for a potato (laughs) it's really low calorie food um if you consume the skin on it then you've got a whole bunch of other fiber and some more um vitamins and minerals great source of potassium as well it's actually better than a banana in terms Mm -hmm. of potassium and that's really important for blood pressure control yes. and all those different kinds of things there. So it's it's not the potato. It's what we do to the potato. Yeah. Um, the same deal with the bread. It's usually not the bread. bread. It's what, what we, we did to it. It's what we stuff in between the mm-hmm. two pieces of bread that often lead us astray. Um, but we kind of just throw the bread out with the, with the bath water there. And um, bread can be a part of, of what you're doing. But again, 
portion control yes. and and what we're doing with it there. So sandwiches, if making a sandwich at home that has lots of uh, veggies on it and uh, it comes with a couple of pieces of bread, keeps you from going through the drive through and getting something, then that absolutely is a big old win there. All right, guys, if you did not get your question into us today or you just want more information about any of the things we talked about today, you can always send me an email, fit at mpbonline.org. Healthy and Fit is produced by Kevin Farrell and the podcast producer is Abram Nanny. I've been your host, Josie Bidwell. Be sure to tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup and never miss an episode by downloading the podcast on your favorite podcast casting app. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.